In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That last line is the clincher, isn't it? Anyone should look at me and be able to know that I am a follower of Christ. I have a favorite story to illustrate this. And I'm hedging my bet on what my priest in charge said about how many people remember the Easter sermon. So I'm going to tell it again. (laughs) Isaac Dennison tells the story in her book, Out of Africa, about a young native boy named Quito. Now, Quito came to the author's door one day to ask for a job. She hired him but was so surprised when he asked her after only three months for a letter of recommendation. The letter was for a Muslim who lived in a nearby town. Well, Dennison immediately offered to pay Quito more money, thinking that would entice him to stay with her. As it turns out, however, Quito was deciding to become either a Christian or a Muslim. So his purpose in working for Denison was to see firsthand the way Christians lived. Now that he had done that for three months, he wanted to go and observe the Muslim way of life and how they behaved before he made his decision. Isaac Denison regretted that he had not told her that before she hired him. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. What was happening when Jesus gave his disciples the new commandment and this wonderful catchy phrase? Well, they were in the upper room. He had just washed their feet in that wonderful act of servanthood and had broken bread with them. It was getting near the end for him. So Jesus deviated from his often tried manner of telling parables and he got straight to the point. I imagine he's getting somewhat frantic about helping them understand what lies in front of them. After all, some of them still didn't seem to grasp it, including his leaders, like Peter. In biblical commentaries, you will see this part of John labeled as a segment of Jesus' final discourse. Yes, he was trying to say to his disciples as much as possible to prepare them for what was coming. Judas had just exited the room, and Jesus knew there was no turning back. The hour had come, and the betrayal was in motion. Then in the gospel, Jesus talks about the Son of Man, how he's been glorified and God has been glorified in him. I think we often find it hard to explain that Jesus is connecting Judas' betrayal and what we know will be a horrible death on the cross with the word glorification. From the message, a contemporary translation of the Bible, we read, Now the Son of Man is seen for who he is, and God seen for who he is in him. 
The moment God is seen in him, God's glory will be on display. In glorifying him, he himself is glorified. Glory all around. So we do know the connection. The glorification, the ramification of Jesus as the Son of God will be known, and in doing so, God's glorification will be known. It's a glorification because not only does Jesus overcome the grave, and death and thereby gives us that promise, but he is finally recognized and glorified as the Son of God. So as Jesus met with the, in this room with his disciples, he knew they weren't prepared for his leaving. He calls them around him with such intimacy and tenderness. He calls them little children. I am with you only a little longer. The relationship that Jesus had with his disciples, who had been his constant companion for three years, was especially loving. How he hurts knowing that they will not understand what is about to happen and will in fact abandon and deny him. He struggles to tell them that they can't go where he will go and that above all, to love one another. Jesus knows the hardship that awaits them, and he is pleading with them, even in their confusion, to take care of one another, love one another. Now, we are given a new commandment or covenant with Jesus. We are commanded to love one another, which we know the gospel of Jesus is love. But beyond that, to love as Jesus loved. Can you even wrap your head around that? Love each other, yes. We can do that, for the most part, if it doesn't stretch us too far. But to love as Jesus did? Whoa, this may be too much. Can I do that? Really do it and mean it? Can I love the homeless man or woman with a love that does more than give them a handout? Can I love the difficult person in my life, maybe even a relative, that truly is hard to love because of their politics and obvious discrimination of others? I don't know the answer for myself. I can send checks to charities. I can mentor and advise someone in distress. But do I know how to love as Jesus loved? To feel love so full of empathy that it hurts inside me. To want justice and peace for others so much that I leave my comfort zone and rearrange my life. No, I don't most of the time. I want to keep my life manageable and safe. I like choosing the people I love based on my ideas, not on Jesus' all-inclusive commandment. Become vulnerable that's hard and costly. So what is it that Jesus wants? What was his dying wish? Well, he absolutely wants everyone loved. Not shamed, not abused, not punished for who they are, and not judged, not isolated. And Jesus did this, even to the point of laying down his life for his friends. The model of Jesus has no limits. Whatever love is in a given moment, 
It asks for everything. Love does not calculate or analyze or figure cost. And there's more. By this, everyone will know. The love we show others, all others, is how the world will know us. We are the ones to validate what the world knows and believes about Jesus. The new commandment of love tells us to stretch ourselves, go beyond ourselves, even if it means risking being hurt again. Without this vulnerability, the covenant relationship is damaged. Like it or not, we can't forget that we have a unique covenant with Christ himself. It is our efforts that will keep the covenant alive. We are charged with keeping the sign of love visible to the world. We don't have to be perfect. We have to be authentic and give it our all. Think back on times that someone loved you unconditionally. And that love may not have been perfect, but it was powerful. This love changes us. We are empowered to love others. We don't do it by ourselves. God will always work through our lives, even when we struggle. Cry with those who cry. Laugh with those who laugh. Touch the outcast. Feed the hungry. Welcome the children. Embrace the prisoner. Forgive the sinner. Love your enemy. Wash each other's feet. Hold each other close. Tell each other the truth. Guide each other home. Amen.